We must never forget that no government schemes are going to perfect man. We know that living in this world means dealing with what philosophers would call the phenomenology of evil, or as theologians would put it, the doctrine of sin. There is sin and evil in the world, and we're enjoined by Scripture and the Lord Jesus to oppose it with all our might. Coming to you live from the corner of Fauci and Burks on Constitution on Fire Avenue, it's the America Held Hostage Podcast, America's Constitution in Quarantine. Now here are your hosts, Jeff Dornick and John Hinton. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of America Held Hostage podcast day number. I have no idea because it's all one big blur. Uh, Before we get started, just wanted to uh, remind you guys this weekend, April 18th on Saturday, uh, the American Conservative Movement, which I'm one of the co-founders of, uh, we are putting on our very first online conference called Saving America Conference. Um, again, we're just looking to unify a bunch of uh, conservatives together in one place. We're going to be streaming live on uh, ACM's Facebook page, so make sure you guys go uh, like that uh, Facebook page. Get ready. Uh, it's, it'll be an all-day event. Got some great speakers. Mindy Robinson, who's running for Congress in Nevada. We got Buzz Patterson, who's running for Congress up in um, up in Sacramento. Uh, we got uh, Washington State Representative Matt Shea, uh, Pastor Greg Locke. We've got uh, Michael Johns, who's the co-founder of the Tea Party. We've got Ken Peters, who's the founder of the Church of Planned Parenthood. The Church of Planned Parenthood. We have so many speakers lined up. Uh, ready to go. It'll be an all-day event. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing these uh, pretty consistently, uh, probably maybe even like every month or so. We're still kind of toying with that idea, but this is kind of our way of kind of kicking things off. We're going to be talking a lot about a lot of the things that John and I talk about here on this podcast, so uh, make sure you guys tune in Saturday, April 18th. It'll be going all day long. Uh, check that out. Um, John, uh, you know, we're back. I believe this is uh, episode eight, or is it nine? By the way, you're you're muted. I think you're not you're not coming in on your end. Um, Got it. There we go. But yeah, Got it. is this is this ep- is this episode nine already? It's episode nine. That's it's it's that's pretty it's pretty crazy. Again, like I say, I feel like it's all it's all like a blur. I feel like on one hand, this quarantine has gone by super fast, and then on the other hand, it feels like we've been in quarantine for a year. Uh, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, he is frozen right now, so we're going to see if we can't uh, reconnect with him. Um, while I'm waiting to uh, have him come back on, uh, you know, something else that I wanted to uh, let you guys know about as well is we just had our very first episode of Ask Dr. Mike uh, with Dr. Mike Spaulding, um, and that was a lot of fun where you guys can actually submit your questions. Um, and then I asked those questions to uh, Dr. Mike live on air, and we had, we had a blast uh, this past week, and, um, and and kind of going through that. And so, if you guys would like to go ahead and submit any questions you guys might have, whether it's theological, uh, political, or anything along those lines, 
um, go ahead and email those questions to uh, gatekeepersonline at gmail.com. And then I will go ahead and I will ask those questions directly to um, directly to Dr. Mike live on the air when we do uh, the next episode next month. So that will be um, that. That's it. Was a lot of fun. Uh, I've I've had multiple people say that it's some of their favorite uh, some of their favorite uh, podcasts to listen to. It was a blast. So make sure you guys submit your questions right now. I'm gonna try and get John back on here really quick. Um, let's see here. Hey, John, are you there? I am. Perfect. We Sorry, are. we're having technical difficulties this morning with this five-year-old notebook. Yeah, it's hey, it's all good. It's it's all a part of life. You know, technology is like the most amazing thing, and then it also sucks. So um, it's like we can't really win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I lost you was uh, our news is just going at the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. So my apologies. My silent partner is getting me a MacBook Air. And that is coming in next week. So we're not going to have to worry about being uh, 20 minutes late to the party because uh, everything will flow smoothly. And I won't have to let some sort of, uh, in an Ethernet era, have my phone start or my uh, computer start up uh, like it's a dial-up. <laughs> so hey, you, uh, you, would, you would think with, in, uh, in 2020, like technology would be totally perfect. Just saying. So, oh, uh, yeah. 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 And the first day that we actually have our intro, which I was completely excited about, my phone – or not my phone. My computer takes a dump <laughs> and we're 20 minutes late. I, I, I want to redo today. Hey, let, let, me, let, me, let me just say them more than likely. Uh, all of this technology that's failing us was made in China. So I'm just throwing that out there. Mm, mm, very true. Yeah. Very true. Made by slave labor as well. Yep, that, that it's a ring endorsement. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, ring endorsement. Yeah, so let's go ahead and let's let's hit the news. I know we, we've we've got a lot to cover uh, pretty quickly, but yeah, let's uh, let's start running through it. All right. Well, uh, the first thing that he, that uh, I wanted to cover was an inmate in Florida. This is from Breaking Nine One One. An inmate uh, released in Florida over COVID nineteen fears was arrested for murder. Hours after he got out of jail. And if you look at his mugshot, you'd say, why did you let him out in the first place? That guy was just going to go kill someone right after you let him go. I'll, I'll, let me just say this. I guarantee you no one saw that one coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Water's wet and the sky is blue. More at 11. Yes. The Blaze, uh, the uh, news site of Glenn Beck reports a World Health Organization official says that she suspected human-to-human transmission right from the start. But the WHO repeated China's lies for weeks, saying the exact opposite. Breaking 911 also tweeted out, Uh, An inmate released from jail on Monday in your backyard of California, Jeff, was rearrested Tuesday and walked out of jail again after being booked due to California's $0 bail reform order. The police in the situation said, quote, this is what we're going to be dealing with from now on. Thoughts, Jeff? Um, Is this supposed to be our new normal? I mean, 
everybody keeps saying that, you know, like, like Gavin Newsom was like, yeah, you, you know what, we're moving forward, we're going to have a new normal, we're going to be more progressive. I mean, this might be one of those things. It's like Danny Dentist, the kid that got his uh, teeth pulled, the, the viral YouTube clip, mm-hmm. and he looks at his dad after taking a huge hit of uh, coming to after taking a huge hit of laughing gas and saying, Dad, is this real life? Again, you know, my, my, my thing with all of this is that all this just this should just go and show, hey, we've got we've got evidence that these progressive ideals don't work. And uh, at a certain point, when are we going to wake up as Americans and and realize that, hey, maybe these crazy conservatives over here have a point? Well, it comes down, like we said before, and we continue to say it over and over again, it comes down to a difference in worldviews. You have a progressive worldview that looks as man as inherently good, and if you say you're not going to murder, well, then you're not going to murder. But the thing is, is that the conservative worldview says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? So there is sin and evil in the world, just like our intro alluded to, the great quote by Ronald Reagan. And uh, we're supposed to oppose it with all our might. There are people that will not be personally responsible. And with rights come responsibilities. They won't be responsible. Uh, So then that is why a conservative worldview shows that government is not there to enable you, which is what the progressive worldview says. The conservative worldview says government is there to punish the evildoer. It's not to reward your sinful evil behavior. It is to punish that. Why? Because that's what helps bring about human flourishing. Our next story, um, uh, Leanne Caldwell. And I've seen several different former presidential candidate from Youngstown, Ohio, uh, who actually ran and lost for the speakership uh, against Nancy Pelosi, I believe, two years ago. Representative Tim Ryan has introduced a bill that would pay eligible Americans over the age of 16 $2,000 a month until unemployment returns to pre-COVID-19 levels. They say that a married couple making under $260,000 with three kids would receive $5,500 per month. Now, let me add to this that uh, on an additional podcast network, which some of our people may have heard, uh, the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, the guys over at Cross Politic, Toby Sumter is the pastor at Christ Church uh, in Moscow, Idaho, the associate pastor of Douglas Wilson. And I saw him this morning uh, say, well, why stop at two grand? Why not 10 grand or, or you know, 100 grand a month if we're just printing money? And that's a valid point. But I also wanted to make an equally valid point. So I tweeted back to him and I said, well, I'll gladly take help from churches like yours too, Toby. Where can I sign up for assistance from Christchurch? Because my wife and myself have been out of work for a month. Uh, But all I see is Christian virtue signaling and churches that are not gathering and doing the Lord's work. Let me know when that begins. Yeah, well, you know, and and that's that's one of those things too, where where when you when you start to look at 
are the churches fulfilling their role? The only the the, the 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 church is not limited to only gathering together on Sundays. There there's there's a lot of there's a lot of other things, and that's why in Acts that, that we put forth having deacons to fulf, to fulfill the role of trying to help those in need and help those when when they're down and out of luck and and that sort of thing. Um, and so I think that over the last few decades, the church has really failed on that front. Oh yeah, and I saw it firsthand when I uh, served in Joplin uh, after an F five tornado, and I had the opportunity to. Uh, to partner and serve and actually uh, earn a spot where I was on the staff at Wildwood Baptist Church as a uh, relief uh, volunteer coordinator. And then working with uh, the Army Corps of Engineers and FEMA with a, a grant, a government-grant-funded job that uh, partnered with local churches to get resources and uh, whether it was mental or spiritual counseling, uh, food, clothes, housing, all sorts of resources to people that were affected. I remember a story of uh, a woman in a FEMA trailer six months after the storm, and her husband was a an Iraq veteran who had been in Fallujah during Shah and awe in 2003. And this is eight years later in 2011. And uh, her and her two children are, they're all suffering from PTSD, but he's had a relapse of PTSD. So now all he's doing all day is playing Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Uh, and she turns to me and says, you know, uh, with tears in her eyes after we gave her some resources and I just listened to her story and prayed for her for an hour. She said, you know, we've had people give us uh, vehicles, food, shelter, clothing. Uh, they've given us money, gift cards, groceries. And we've had all this help from churches, but you're the first person in six months who acted like he actually gave a damn. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. It has been implanted on me uh, uh, since that very moment because I then broke down and called uh, called some buddies of mine on the phone in a group call, and I said, uh, "What are we doing as as Christians if there are people that you you're meeting the physical need, but you're not actually meeting the spiritual and emotional need?" And the thing is, we'll get to stories about that uh, later on, because there's now estimates that over the last month, uh, ten thousand people have committed suicide. Uh, because of the coronavirus economic downturn. Mark it down, Jeff. We, we said it last week. I believe that the death toll from uh, people committing suicide is going to be far larger than those that died of COVID-19. Uh, and that's why we need the hope that sets men free. And that's why, uh, from the Christian perspective, and then that's also why, from the conservative perspective, people need to get back to work. Yep. Uh, it, it, people need to find their worth. They find their worth in their work. The, it, it, what? Maybe your mom said it. I know my mom said it. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. It's a cliche adage and axiom, but it's so true. When you're allowed to 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 go to the recesses of your mind and you believe in total depravity, then you are going to allow yourself to contemplate things and think of things because you're not distracted. Now, to the Christian, that doesn't happen because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. But to people that are lost, 
there are things that start coming into their mind that they never would have considered before. And then when you make them desperate and they feel like they're running out of options, then they do stuff that they would never do in, under ordinary circumstances. Would you, uh, wouldn't you agree? No, I, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think that um, I think it's important to, uh, to remember that, you know, we as Christians do need to step in and we need we need to kind of fill that void to alleviate a lot of that kind of stuff because I think right now what's happening is everybody has has been reinforced for years to rely on the government and clearly the government is not taking care of us the way that uh, we all expected them to. It's really easy to rely on the government when things are good. When things are bad, it's really difficult and that's where we need we need the church to kind of step in and fill that void moving forward and make sure that this kind of thing never happens again. To add to your point that you just made, CBS News uh, this morning reported that the Paycheck Protection Program ran by the U.S. Treasury, that was part of the $2.2 trillion economic relief bill, or that program ran out of $350 billion this morning. They are not taking any more applications. 65,000 applications for small businesses have been processed so far. They ran out of money. Steve Mnuchin last week asked for another $250 billion injection. The Democrats are sitting at home, and Nancy Pelosi is doing interviews with Stephen Colbert. While you wait for a $1,200 stimulus check and your constitutional rights are being burned, she is doing interviews saying her freezers are stocked with ice cream. And she can't get off her ace, get to D.C., and get you some of your own tax money back to help you out because they screwed you and your jobs and they burned down your way of life. That's the modern-day equivalent of let them eat cake. Cake. Yeah, and, and you know, watching that video, it's she, Nancy Pelosi is just so out of touch, and I don't even know how she's in charge of the house. She must know where the bodies are buried, Jeff, because an 80-year-old who has her teeth falling out, if she doesn't wear her uh, fix-a-dent, uh, and you've seen the videos where you can tell she's trying to keep her teeth in. When she doesn't have the fix-a-dent in, she sounds like either her teeth are floating or they're about to fall out like my late grandmother, and it's just abhorrent. She probably ha – and we talk about Joe Biden having dementia. You want to know who I think has early-onset Alzheimer's? It's probably her, but I digress. Next story, Washington Times says states are canceling plans for extra hospitals as coronavirus doomsday predictions fall short. Of course they do, because all they peddled to you was fear porn, Jeff. Sarah A. Carter, who's a Fox News contributor, you can find her at sarahacarter.com, great independent reporter says that uh, Israeli researchers could have a COVID-19 vaccine in six weeks, a top researcher says, out of Israel. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the news from Alex Behrens in the former New York Times reporter, but he tweeted out uh, a video from nowthisnews.com of a five-mile-long stretch of road outside uh, Philadelphia 
of people waiting to get to the local food bank for food. He tweeted, these lines are everywhere. I've seen them in Los Angeles. I've seen them in New York City. I've seen them in Pittsburgh, now outside Philadelphia. Said this economic crisis does not result from the virus. It's the lockdowns. We're doing this to ourselves. How much more obvious does the truth have to be? And this is a person that was on Steve Dace's podcast uh, last week. Steve Dace's show on Blaze radio but he also has a podcast that i listen to and he said well steve i I wouldn't agree with uh, you on homeschooling and a lot of your politics but i'm starting to come over to your side of the equation on a lot of things because people that i that i reported with uh i realize they have a definite bias and an agenda and they don't really care about uh, your your way of life and 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 what we're doing to ourselves so you wonder if it could happen for someone like him I have a feeling there's a lot of scales falling off eyes, Jeff, at this time when uh, <laughs> it sounds biblical, but earthquakes in Utah, tsunamis hitting Hawaii, <laughs> uh, volcanoes erupting, Krakatoa much, and now we're finding out, oh, we'll get to this story later, uh, China might be uh, testing nukes. Hmm. Okay, this sounds really biblical. Well, and and also the the other side of it too is that all of these things keep happening, and all it's doing is confirming that conservatives and Christians are right on the issues because all of this stuff is stuff that we've been talking about not only directly right in here within the coronavirus, but in general o- over the years, and all and now it's coming true. And then it's just going to be a matter of are people going to wake up and realize it, or are they just so blinded by their own bias that they're not going to come around? I'm guessing a lot of it's going to be the latter, but we'll see what happens. I think a lot are going to. I think that there's a lot that will uh, will go to their own side, but I am fervently praying that there's a lot of scales that fall off eyes from people that are trapped in the middle between the two extremes, and that those people that just want their way of life back are seeing how much of a threat this godless totalitarian pagan progressivism is and that they would say you know what i i like my living i, I like my freedom you know, I, I like prosperity i like work i may have had a crappy job but I, at least it gave me some dignity and some worth i feel worthless being trapped at home and i don't want government people telling me oh uh, you can and cannot do this that's not your role that's my role. My body, my choice, right? I keep coming back to that. If, if abortionists are going are gonna to scream from uh, rooftops, my body, my choice, but yet they're going to tell you, you can go to a grocery store, but you can't go to a church because of a virus, well, then you're a hypocrite. You just are. It's true. And it needs to be called out from the rooftops. You get into a conversation with someone, be respectful, be graceful, but show them the logical fallacy of their thinking. Because the thing is, scripture says, uh, respond to a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. You can refute a person's argument by just telling them, so you say this, but in reality, I can't do this. Well then, what are you what are you telling me? That just sounds like hypocrisy run amok. Now here are the big stories of the day. Yesterday, a lot of people saw this. You uh, Jeff, we talked about this in some DMs 
we were excited about this, the huge march on the, the state capital of Michigan in Lansing, where tens of thousands of Americans who want their constitutional rights back, their personal responsibility back, they lined up in cars, they got out of their, their cars, and police did not tell them to stand down. Take notes, Raleigh police. Take note, Mississippi sheriffs. They did not intrude on their constitutional rights in a leftist utopia like the state of Michigan. One out of every four Michiganders unemployed, they just went and locked the place down. Now, I had a back and forth with someone that had a pride flag in their, in their Twitter bio. Uh, and she said that, uh, let's say they were, uh, she called them dumb F-words, these protesters. And uh, I and I said, so wait a minute. Your side can your side can protest Trump and fling poo at D.C. police that you defecated into your own hands the day after Trump is inaugurated. You can shout your abortion. You can scream my body, my choice, and you can march on Washington for those for that uh, right to kill your babies. You can have pride marches, and then. You can do all of this while wearing uh, vagina hats. But when people want their constitutional way of life back and don't want their constitutional rights trampled on, you go to a, uh, you go to a logical fallacy and an ad hominem attack? That just tells me I've won the argument. It's it's the way it's the way of the left. They they only use arguments that they feel like are a bunch of gotcha points. They're not they're not actually legitimate arguments. They're not willing to be challenged, and and that and that's part of the problem that we have in this country right now. Is it's really easy to attack people, but nobody actually wants to participate in actual discussion and an actual debate. Which is again, it's one of those things that we actually need right now. Mm. Chris Pandolfo of Blaze Media. Uh, he linked to a story from CNBC that the economic data is even worse than what Wall Street feared. He said econo the economic downturn causes social unrest, and I don't think that our elected officials in local, state, and even federal levels have prepared for. People get desperate when they think that they can't pay their bills, and that means increases in crime are coming. Meanwhile, we're letting prisoners out of jail everywhere. This is bad on top of bad. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Again, we're just we're just we're we're in a crazy crazy space right now, and it's just one of those things where at a certain point we're gonna have to get back to sanity. And I th and I think that that's one of the things where when we have conservative principles and we're pushing freedom and liberty, but then also just like actual justice right now, we need to get back to that because right now it's like. Anarchy meets dictatorship meets just insane chaos. And we got to get back to actual constitutional rights, constitutional principles, and bring our country back. Because right, right now, I just feel like we're running amok and all these governors and, and uh, our leaders and local officials and everything that are like either releasing people or passing these crazy laws. We're just in this insane, crazy space that does not reflect what America is supposed to be at all. Jeff, you uh, you have you've created this podcast network. We're we're doing this show. Uh, you're a part of the American conservative movement, and that has over like ten thousand followers on Facebook or YouTube or 
Twitter. Twitter, yeah. yeah. About 12, it's Twitter. Apps. Sorry. I'm getting all my <laughs> social media confused. Man, it's been a really bad Thursday. But yeah, 10,000 followers on Twitter. So there's a large audience there, but trying to grow it. But my question to you would be, you say we need to return back to these principles. If you had a bully pulpit and you have that bully pulpit coming up this Saturday with the uh, with the online conference that will be free, uh, and I'll let you plug that because you know more of it, about it than I do. I'm excited to watch it. But if you had a bully pulpit to be able to talk to conservatives all over the country, let's say that you had the the golden EIB microphone and you could talk to 20 million conservative patriots all across the country in the fruited plain, how would you tell them? How would you tell all Americans this is how you need to uh, to return to sanity, as you said, because we're talking about we need to get back to principles. But how do we get back to principles? How do you lead a horse to water and then help him drink? Well, in all reality, I think I think in my opinion, one of the things that that we have to really uh, push is um, is we need to push like self worth and self value. Um, and a lot of that does come through personal responsibility and taking care of yourself and providing for your family. But also one of the biggest things that I think that we can do is really promote uh, personal property rights and your personal constitutional rights. If we can make it relatable to the individual person, like you know what what I earned, I bought, and that's my that's my property, then I can do with that as I see fit, whether that's help my neighbor, whether that's provide for my family, whether that's uh, just having a resource um, for for our friends and family. Like to me, the important thing is personal responsibility, and it's it's going to be difficult, and there, everybody's going to go through trials. And that, but that's a part of life. The question is, what are you going to do when you face those trials? Are you going to overcome them? Maybe start a business. Maybe be entrepreneurial. Maybe maybe do something to make yourself successful. Or are you just going to sit back, be entitled, complain, and expect somebody to hand uh, to give you a handout? I, I think that Americans in general right now, I think to a certain degree, a lot of them are waking up and realizing. I can't keep relying on the government because the government keeps failing us. How many times can we complain about the government failing us before we realize, let's get the government out of it and just, just, let, just let me do what I want to do. Just let me make a business. Stop over-regulating me. You know, get out of my business. Just let, let, me, let me go about my life. And I, think, and I think that if we can really preach the message of freedom, get the government out of our life. Have them stop telling us how to behave. Stop telling them... Stop having them tell us where to go, who we can sit with, who we can congregate. You know, stop having having the government to stop telling us you guys you guys can't go to church, you guys can't do business. But the press, they can show up as long as they pro practice proper social distancing and question the president. But you can't do that uh, in your local church. There's there's utter hypocrisy, and I think that people are waking up to that, and people are realizing that, and I think that people want freedom, and they want liberty. And they realize the government can't provide that for 350 million people. They cannot provide income and resources on all that kind of stuff in the same way that you could if you were starting your own business. Give people self-worth. That's that's kind of like my message and my goal moving forward is self-worth, rely on yourself, stop relying on the government. I would agree, Jeff, and we talked about it yesterday in our podcast. I was alluding to it when I said uh, that uh, God warns against the largesse of government in uh, Scripture. 
in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8, and you're talking about personal responsibility, and as you're talking, I have the good book opened up right here. I told, I told you before we started that I was going to read this because we come at this from a Christian and a constitutional perspective. Uh, so as conservatives, we believe that those principles that are found in Scripture as constitutionalists and as conservatives, that from a Christian worldview, those principles from the Bible cause human flourishing. So God actually warns about the largesse of government. Some people don't know this. This is this – is, uh, even if you're a Christian, you don't really – you haven't really heard this be taught because what's the Sunday school answer for Christians like us, Jeff, that were raised in the church? When I say, why did Israel cry out for a king? What's the answer that you would usually hear from a Sunday school? Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to go back to Sunday school. I'd have to go back to Sunday school and, and remember that one. <laughs> it's uh, uh, typically the answer is because they wanted to be like all the other nations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the thing is, is uh, that's only half true. It was actually because they cried out for a king because their leaders were corrupt and taking bribes. So I'm going to read this, and this is a warning for us about the largesse of government, and then we'll get back to our news. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said, Behold, you are now old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give, a king, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you. They have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you also. So now... You obey their voice, and only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people of Israel who were asking for a king. And he said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to, be ch to his chariots, to be his horsemen, and to run before his chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of hundreds, thousands, commanders of fifties and tens, some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and the best of your vineyards, the best of your olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the 10th of your grain and the 10th of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He'll take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He'll take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the warning from Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us that we may also be like all the other nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. 
And the Lord told Samuel, obey their voice and give them a king. If that doesn't show a warning from God about the largesse of government, I don't know what will from a Christian perspective, Jeff. Any additional thoughts before we keep going? No, I think I, I think I think the thing that we need to remember is that as conservatives and constitutionalists, but also as believers and Christians, we need to understand that throughout Scripture, it's promoting limited government. It's promoting freedom. It's promoting personal property rights. It's promoting the very rights that are grant that are not granted to us, but recognized in the Constitution. And so we, that's what we're actually promoting. When we're promoting constitutional rights, what we're actually promoting is essentially what Scripture is teaching and what Scripture is promoting. And so that's something that we need to remember, that when we're promoting constitutional conservatism, we're promoting the way that God intended for uh, government to be working. Right, because it reflects back uh, the Constitution— Uh, was founded upon the initial founding document of our country, which was the Declaration of uh, Independence, which said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But then it, uh, it appealed to the laws of nature and nature's God. So there's a, there's a design, a framework of how things are supposed to work. And that's why you've seen such prosperity and freedom and human flourishing with the American experiment, because that experiment allowed – it wasn't a theonomy. It wasn't a theocracy. It just gave the religious liberty to allow those principles to flourish and to thrive because uh, wherever, wherever uh, the gospel is fought against, you see tyranny. But wherever the gospel is not seen as an enemy, it's not promoted, but it's not seen as an enemy, and it's allowed to flourish, things just continue to thrive and prosper. There's peace in the land. Let's keep going. Governor Blackface, uh, otherwise known as uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, forcibly shut down all non-essential businesses until at least May 8th. The lockdown will remain in place until June 10th, according to his unconstitutional uh, governing edict. Uh, That's coming from uh, Governor Ralph Northam's official Twitter account, but that tweet was from Jordan Schachtel of Blaze Media. Uh, He's going to tank. He's going to tank the Virginia economy, and he's going to have people marching on his streets, I believe, next week. Because they just went after gun control, they just opened up more abortion rights, and now they're going to keep the economy locked down for another almost two months, Jeff? That's insane! Yeah, well, you know, I was I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast uh, yesterday with Dan when Dan Crenshaw was on uh, from before, and they were talking about... Uh, you know, you know when when can, when can we reopen the reopen the government? And you know, and one of the things that Dan, that Dan Crenshaw kept saying was he said some of some of his concerns too with not reopening the government are are obviously like suicide, divorce rates, you know, things like that. But then also the other side of it is people aren't able to get medical care that they need. Maybe it's not life threatening, but like I have a friend broke his collarbone. He needs surgery. Can't get surgery until after coronavirus because it's considered a non-essential uh, procedure. 
And so he's sitting there with a broken collarbone, collarbone until after coronavirus. And so that's one of those things that 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 is also a, a, a concern by having everything shut down that we need to get things reopened for a variety of reasons. It's not just about the economy. It's about going back to regular life. It's going back to providing actual medical care to people who need it. Right, right. Uh, people who cried for Obamacare and that we needed to uh, have uh, government health care. And now you're seeing when the government dictates to you your health care and says what's essential and non-essential, well, you may need that knee surgery. And if you don't get it, you get an infection because you needed it three weeks ago. Or you just broke your collarbone, but you can't have that. Well, then in order for them to reset that, they're going to have to break it again whenever this happens. Because right. I'm sure that if he de- if your friend doesn't get that surgery, it's going to set weird and he's going to he's going to have a divot or he's going to have a protrusion. And uh, we're just seeing asinine idiocracy all around us. Steve Dace tweeted. Uh, he was copying off Phil Kirpin on Twitter. A peer-reviewed study from a 2011 University of Hong Kong uh, report found that SARS viruses, which is what COVID-19, coronavirus, it's considered SARS-2, uh, that found that SARS viruses are particularly stubborn in indoor climate-controlled environments. You know, like the ones most of us in America are being quarantined under house arrest in. Yeah, they're finding out that uh, the the virus can live on uh, certain surfaces up to 72 hours and that until a indoor facility gets above 75 degrees, the virus doesn't die. So... Uh, we're cutting off our nose despite our face. Uh, in South Korea, theblaze.com reports an abortionist gets jail for drowning a baby in a bucket of water after the infant burst out crying during a botched abortion. That's just doctrine of demon satanic stuff right there, Jeff. Can't believe it. This was interesting. We, we, we follow the guys at Discern. Uh, they're a great news aggregate site. One of the – I sent this to you and this this put chills down my spine. The U.S. Air Force performs an elephant walk of bombers on their Guam Air Force Base following Chinese excursions in the South China Sea. Wanted to get your thoughts on this, uh, Jeff. 14 U.S. Air Force and U.S. Navy aircraft, including five B-52 bombers, carried out a show of force called an Elephant Walk Monday at Anderson Air Force Base in Guam. The display came days after China executed a military drill near Taiwan and in international waters between two Japanese islands. The drill involved a Chinese aircraft carrier and military jets, and North Korea has also carried out its own show of force recently. In the American Elephant Walk, the planes taxied closely together on the runway, then successively and rapidly took off. The, US, the USS Theodore Roosevelt has been docked in Guam since late March when a coronavirus outbreak sidelined many of the crew. Around that time, uh, the Chinese Navy began exercises near the Republic of China, known as Taiwan. 
The force released a statement calling the voyage evidence that the People's Liberation Army Navy has done a much better job controlling the coronavirus than the U.S. Navy, according to a CNN report, which is basically just reporting communist Chinese party uh, propaganda. It's just agate prop. U.S. Air Force officer Ralph Casa, now an advisor to a think tank in Hawaii called the Pacific Forum, said, Chinese aircrafts don't make me lose a lot of sleep. I wouldn't want to be on one in a fight with the U.S. Navy. I'm not sure that uh, a guy who is uh, working for the government and is considered one of those experts, that at this point that we should be listening to those guys and saying, oh, there's nothing to see here. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I think the thing we, the thing that we need to remember is that China's not our friend, and they haven't been in a long time, and that's why I haven't even understood why we're why why we've been doing so much business with essentially one of our enemies. And so when we start seeing some of this kind of stuff, we just start seeing, okay, let's 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 be wise, let's let's keep an eye on them. We need I think we need to start distancing ourselves from China, and I don't I don't know how to get uh, our leadership uh, to, to actually do that, but that's what I think we need to do. Well, uh, Chip Roy and uh, Josh Hawley have introduced uh, legislation saying that Americans should be able to sue uh, the uh, the Chinese Communist Party for the problems that they have made, meaning uh, meaning that you could sue and whatever Chinese assets are in the country, they would then be overtaken through bankruptcy courts and then those assets would be sold and Americans would be able to divide the profits. I would agree with that uh, because we're now finding out – and we'll get to this. There was an explosive, an explosive uh, story that released at about 6 p.m. Eastern time last night. Brett Baer of Fox News saying that uh, top U.S. intelligence sources are saying that the Wuhan coronavirus was found in bats a thousand miles away. It wasn't chemical biological warfare, but what it was was it was altered at the Wuhan lab and that now the Chinese are trying to cover it up. We'll get to that in just a moment. More stories. Uh, Discern News saying uh, this comes from Netflix. Americans are spending an average of eight hours a day streaming content. I, uh, that just sounds like we're uh, we're just vegging out. We're just mind numbed. Ah, you know, just Netflix and chill. I'll get back to normal in a little bit, Jeff. Eight hours is insane. Yeah, eight hours is insane. That means that you're not doing things that are productive. I mean, we were made to create. We were made to work. We were made to be productive. And the thing is. Satan doesn't want you to do any of that because it reflects the Imago Day. He wants you to just be a lazy bum. So the fact that we're doing this to ourselves is insane. I'm glad that I ha- that we have this podcast. It gives me something to be able to create and have an outlet and a forum and to build something from the ground up. But uh, it, and. I'm not sleeping in till say 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock, which a lot of Americans are doing because now we're finding out a lot of Americans are, are just – we're back in college. Don't go to bed till 3 in the morning. Get up at like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning because I can't go to work. Absolutely asinine. 
this was this was disconcerting uh, and very alarming for me. Uh, Nineteen Nigerians, including seven Christians, were burned alive during a lockdown assassination by nomadic Islamic terrorists that took advantage of the situation that is happening with COVID-19. Todd Starnes, former Fox News reporter who now runs ToddStarnes.com, an Illinois judge orders health officials to provide cops with the names of coronavirus patients. That, that's a violation of your civil liberties. Isn't that a violation of HIPAA law? Yeah. No, it, 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 def, it definitely is. And, and that's, that's the thing about all this kind of stuff. Like they're talking about even, you know, giving everybody like a certificate or something like that if they've had it to show that they're immune and all that kind of stuff. It, like I didn't think that you were – like even for ADA, even for the American Disabilities Act – you you can get uh, you you can just say like hey I have a uh, disability um, I need help with something like they're not businesses are not allowed to ask you what your disability is and that that's you know that's even within law so I don't understand how this could even be legal yeah that's going to be challenged in court I guarantee it but of course it comes from the People's Republic of Cook County Chicago Illinois Josh Kaplan uh, reports. This is in your own backyard. We touched on this yesterday, Jeff, but if you have anything to add, I'd love to hear it. California, California's governor says that the state's virus assistance will include $500 prepaid debit cards to each of the state's 150,000 undocumented illegal immigrants. The interesting thing is I did the, I did the math uh, when I saw this yesterday, and uh, with, how much, with how much money that he's setting aside for that, um, five, you know, five hundred dollars per illegal immigrant. Uh, I think it was like one one million or one was it one billion or twelve billion, whatever the total number was. I did I did the math, and it came out to there's actually two hundred fifty thousand uh, illegal immigrants in California if, if that's going evenly out to everybody uh, by five hundred. So um, they're probably uh, understating how many illegal immigrants we actually have in the state of California. More than likely, it's about two hundred fifty thousand if we're if we're basing it off of their numbers. That's a lot of that's a lot of illegal immigrants in one state. Um, it's it's absolutely insane. Again, they those those people, in my opinion, it's like we shouldn't be letting them starve. The problem the problem becomes seventy five million. I've seen that on the screen. Yeah, five hundred times one hundred fifty thousand is seventy five million dollars of your tax money. So so where, so so where so where's the other uh, fifty million dollars or or whatever it is that's that's left over? Where's where's that money going? And that, see, that's my thing is like more than likely because because I think it was like twelve whatever you know. Again, I'm going I'm going off the top of my head, um, but you're saying that there was a number that was larger, and then you did the math and divided it by five hundred, and it gave you a number of larger than one hundred and fifty thousand. Right. So so it was uh, let's see, uh, five hundred times two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, so so the t entire bill is one hundred twenty five million dollars, right? If every if every single ah. person got five hundred. Then that came out to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, or two hundred fifty thousand illegal immigrants. So again, they're un they're under reporting how many illegal immigrants are here in the state. My thing is that we shouldn't be letting people starve, whether they're here legally or illegally, primarily because we've completely shut down everything. Right? 
But right. is, is, is the solution a government solution or should the solution be local charities and local churches and things like that? We need to get the government out of it. Where is all this money coming from? It's just coming out of thin air. And that's, that's, part, that's part of the problem. And then also it's just it's feeding into the narrative that the government needs to take care of both uh, Americans and uh, illegal immigrants uh, who have broken the law and entered into our country. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hand out your money to people that are here illegally. But then when you want your money back, we'll tell you, hell no. That makes absolutely no sense. Pretty and much. it's not the government's job to be, to, uh, to be incentivizing illegal activity and to uh, be taking care of people who are in dire straits. That's the job of the church. It's called sphere sovereignty. So other people will, may disagree with that, but it's not the, it's not the role of government to uh, provide security from cradle to grave. You do that, then that's your form of worship. Yep. You're worshiping at, at the altar of government. And considering that we've sacrificed 60 million babies on the altar of Molech, I mean, nothing's changed in 3,000 years, Jeff. Very true. Thomas Massey, representative of Kentucky, uh, said he, he confirmed this. This was on his Twitter. Got a direct text from a friend. He called to confirm and found out that this actually happened. The, t the text that he tweeted out was, hey, Tom, my dad got his stimulus check of $1,200. He died in 2018. And now we're finding reports that there are a lot of people that are now dead that are getting uh, $1,200 stimulus checks. Color me not shocked. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Flashback to um, dead people voting in elections. Just saying. There, there's a problem. Yeah, we can't, clean, can't clean out those voter rolls because... Uh, we got to be able to steal some more votes because we got to defeat those those uh, those hateful hateful Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were right. Breaking nine one one. I just saw it in my stack of stuff. He announced a one hundred and twenty five million dollar relief package for illegal immigrants. Jeez, numbers oh numbers don't lie. Yep, the numbers never lie, Jeff. Already hurting, this was from USA Today, already hurting from the upheaval caused by a long-lasting trade war. U.S. farmers are now likely to lose upwards of $20 billion in income as novel coronavirus touches all areas of the agriculture marketplace. The Fed is warning, this was according to the Drudge Report, of a worsening economy. Of course, you guys underestimated what you were doing. And the longer you keep going on with this, the more you are creating a Great Depression. You cannot spend your way out of this with fiat money, Jeff. You're going to make the problem, you're going to make it worse, and you're going to allow it to go longer than it needs to be. And then the carnage that we have to clean up, the economic recovery, and the recovery of freedom and, and liberty – is going to be a longer fight than it should have been in the first place if you just would have let everyone continue on, just like the, 18, the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, go about their lives, build up herd immunity, and you say, hey, if you, if you have pre-existing conditions or if you're above a certain age, stay at home. 
And if you do stuff, then you're taking the responsibility yourself. The government will not bail you out. You are taking the risk. Just like when you get in a car and you could get hit by a drunk driver or a person who's texting on the road and driving recklessly and endangered your life and you could die. Just like that. Just like cancer. Just like heart disease. <clears throat> you're taking the risk that whatever you eat, wherever you drive, however you live life, that something could happen to you. Be prepared, make smart decisions, but we've got to let this run its course. Um, this was from Frank Luntz. He linked to an article from a Wall Street Journal yesterday. Banking and financial service executives say that the administration needs to dramatically increase the availability of coronavirus testing before the public would be confident enough to return to work, eat at restaurants, or shop in retail establishments. Sadly, I think that that's true, Jeff. I think that the the, the uh, media and government uh, conglomerate the, have created such amounts of fear in the culture that even if you were to say, hey, baseball's back today, you can go back to Citizens Bank Park and watch the Phillies play the Cubs today in my backyard because uh, I live outside Philadelphia here in New Jersey. You can go see a, a Major League Baseball game today. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. You know that that place would have less than 5,000 fans. Easy. And the thing is, it's. I think I told my buddy DJ, uh, uh, I told him yesterday, I think you're going to see, if they bring back college football or pro football, you're going to see these stadiums half full in the fall. Be, one, because they're going to enforce social distancing measures. And two, people aren't going to have the money to spend to go to games. So uh, found out from ABC Action News. This is the ABC affiliate here in uh, the Philadelphia market. Parents who owe child support could have their stimulus money gobbled up to pay off their debts. To which I would say... Well, maybe you shouldn't have divorced your mom in the first place or the kid's mom in the first place and played the role of a man and actually done your job as a father. And two, maybe you should have paid your debts beforehand. You know, I, that's just that's just, uh, you know, emoting, tugging at the heartstrings. But see, you're using common sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who would use that? This came from Open NC Now, but it's a story from the New York Post. Uh, uh, this guy tweeted, I wish everyone who opposes a partial reopening of our economy would read this piece from the New York Post. Every 1% increase in unemployment leads to a 3% increase in drug use and a 1% increase in suicide. So if we've had 10,000 suicides nationwide since the start of coronavirus, and that's been an increase – uh, are we going to count those as uh, COVID-19 related deaths, Dr. Burks? Thoughts, Jeff? I mean, we're, we're, we're at that point to where, to where I mean, te technically it is, but it's, it's, it's technically uh, even more uh, a ca cause of death by the government. Um, so we need to be blame. We need to be blaming the right the right people here, and that that would be the government for uh, coming in with these mm. ridiculous authoritarian uh, laws. And uh, and you know, it's at a certain point. You know, I think I think it's what what half 
what so so what is it what is there about 20 25,000 people that have uh, died from coronavirus so far in the United States I think or they're is, saying or is it close total? to 30 yeah. close to 30,000 so, yesterday yeah and and how many people have died from suicide 10 10,000 so a third of the number of coronavirus so that so that's basically uh so you're you're basically it, we've had that much more people that many more people dying uh, because because of all this, um, when we, you know, I don't know, it's just it's it's mind boggling that the government feels like this is appropriate, that this is the right response, especially in light with how many people are taking their own lives because literally they're probably probably their their financial lives are completely ruined and they don't know how they're going to get out of this situation. Dare I say it's uh, sadly, it's government funded doctor assisted suicide brought to you by Uncle Sam. Thank you, Jack Kevorkian. Mm-hmm. The Christian Post tweeted, uh, Bible reading was up 54% higher on version. the online Bible app, uh, was up 54% higher this Holy Week than uh, this time last year. So that's some good news. <sighs> um, now, this was interesting. There was also a uh, there was I don't know if you saw this, but there was video of protests outside the Kentucky Capitol yesterday, while Governor uh, Tyron Andy Brashear was doing his press conference, and there were hundreds of law uh, of people who were telling their lawmakers to reopen the economy. So, uh, I think uh, I think uh, the the bells of liberty and freedom are ringing, and and people are beginning to answer the call, Jeff. Yep. That's very true. It's a, it's a good sign. Uh, in your backyard, the L.A. mayor said no large gatherings like sporting events and concerts until 2021. Do you think that's going to actually hold up in Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't foresee anything uh, actually actually happening. I, th- I think I think like the uh, they're talking about the NBA re- reopening uh, and the and the players will play without an audience um, in the stands. So it'll just be an empty arena. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how sports reopen. Um, you know, bands. So, so, so let me say not to, uh, let me interrupt you. So you're saying that people in Southern California are going to be good government lemmings and they're not going to go back to Huntington beach or the Santa Monica pier. They're just going to stay in their homes until, uh, 2021. Pretty much. If, 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 the, oh if, if, if the government comes in and, you know, again, we're, we're reliant on the government, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, Pro uh, pro sporting events uh, reopen with empty arenas. I wouldn't be surprised if concerts are just live streamed. I mean, they're already doing that online right now. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just that's just the direction that we're that we're heading right now. I, I don't mm. I don't really see any other any other alternative uh, with the way that uh, people are responding. Mm. What did you think of this, Jeff? President Trump yesterday in his press conference saying that uh, he will exercise his constitutional authority to adjourn both chambers of Congress so that he can make recess appointments. I say more cowbell. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, when it when it comes to Trump, on one hand, I am I've been concerned on one hand because I feel like he he is like when he made the statement about he has total authority. Uh, technically, he does in a state of emergency. My question is: is is having a state of emergency which gives the president that kind of authority is that constitutional? That's a whole different debate and a whole different conversation. I'm not entirely sure, but as the law stands right now, it does give him certain kinds of authority. Uh, the Congress and the Democrats have completely been uh, 
finding loopholes and cheating the system in order to really uh, mess with him and limit his ability to fill in certain roles. And when we're in a state of emergency, we need those roles filled. So uh, if he's going to, if they're going to play this stupid petty game, uh, he can play it right back. And that's that's the beauty of Trump is that for the longest time, Re Republicans would never fight back. And, you know, you look at Romney, you look at McCain when they were campaigning, they never fought back. Trump look at Bush. Yeah. Bush was scrotless. Trump, he would never fight back when people called him a Nazi. Right. Trump was – Trump is the person where he's using their tactics against them. And, and they I, hate it. Yes. And this is one of those things where, by all means, go for it. Beat him, beat him at their own game, and then at, at a certain point, uh, let's let the American conservative movement come in, and we'll fix things after 2024. <laughs> and I, yeah, amen. And I would say, if they don't want him to do this, get back and do your job. Or if he does do this, which is in his constitutional authority, then you can go and amend the Constitution. You can change the law, but that's going to be tougher. And the thing is, you're not going to do it because, sadly, it's no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. He sets this precedent. A Democrat president is going to do the exact same thing right back to us. Yeah, true. And Republicans will stand down. They won't fight. The only reason that Trump has such a vast following is because conservatives are fed up that their elected leaders in Washington that they elected every two to four years just wanted a seat at the table of power and get their skids greased on K Street, and they didn't do anything that they promised that they said that they were going to do to the people who were doing the majority of the living and dying out here in middle America. True. Pennsylvania State House approves a bill to reopen businesses. So – the story coming out of our neck of the woods is that the Phil is that the Pennsylvania State House is in Harrisburg, about two and a half hours west of me. The Republicans have led a have led a bipartisan bill to override uh, President or Governor. He's acting like a president. Uh, Governor uh, Tom Wolf's unconstitutional edicts to shut down businesses. So that is a battle that is occurring over in the Pennsylvania uh, state legislature right now. Governor Phil Murphy, uh, who put his who put uh, who put his foot in his mouth last night on Tucker Carlson, saying, "Well, I didn't really think about the Bill of Rights when I suspended your uh, First Amendment uh, freedoms." Uh, says that a return to normalcy in my state uh, amid coronavirus will happen sometime between June or July. Um, this was the explosive story that I wanted to get to, and then we will we'll, uh, begin to close up shop because we're already an hour in, Jeff. Um, Brett Baer of Fox News last night uh, broke a huge story. Sources believe that the coronavirus outbreak originated in a Wuhan lab as part of China's efforts to compete with the U.S., this is exclusive to Fox News from Brett Baer on foxnews.com. There is increasing confidence that the COVID-19 outbreak likely originated in a Wuhan lab, though not as a bioweapon, but as a part of China's attempt to demonstrate that its efforts to identify and combat viruses are equal to or greater than the capabilities of the United States. Multiple sources who have been briefed on the details of early actions by China's government and have seen rele relevant materials tell Fox News. This may be the costliest government cover-up of all time, one of the sources says. Uh, 
The sources believe that the initial transmission of the virus, a naturally occurring strain that was being studied in those Wuhan labs, was bat to human, and that patient zero worked at the lab and then went into the population in Wuhan. The increasing confidence comes from classified and open source documents and evidence. The sources say, Fox News has requested to see the evidence directly. Sources emphasized, as is often the case with intelligence, that it is not definitive and that it should not be characterized as such. Some inside the administration and the intelligence and epidemiological communities are more skeptical and the investigation is continuing. What all the sources agree about is the extensive cover-up of the data and information about COVID-19 orchestrated by the Chinese government. When asked by Fox News' chief White House correspondent John Roberts about the reporting, President Trump remarked at Wednesday's coronavirus task force press briefing, more and more saying, more and more we're hearing the story, we're doing a very thorough examination of this horrible uh, situation, and we will have more to report when more becomes available. Documents are detailing early efforts by doctors at the lab and early efforts of containment. The Wuhan wet market was initially identified as a possible point of origin, but it never sold those bats. And the sources tell Fox News that blaming the wet market was an effort by China to deflect blame from the laboratory along with the country's propaganda efforts targeting the U.S. and Italy. U.S. embassy officials in cables uh, to the State Department that have been unearthed by Fox News warned that in January 2018, there was inadequate safety at the Wuhan Institute of Virology Lab and passed on information about scientists conducting risky research on coronavirus from bats. More of that can be found in a report Tuesday from the Washington Post. Jeff, that is uh, frightening. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even, I don't even fully know what to, uh, what to make it of all. I, I feel, I feel like there's, there's so, there's so much with, with all of this, uh, especially with uh, dealing with, you know, coronavirus, its, or, its origins, what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Again, I just, I just come back to America first. If, if we, if we stop doing so much with China, we, 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 this probably would have very limited the jump over the Pacific Ocean over to here in the United States. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, start start buying start buying more here. Uh, stop relying on China. It would have really eliminated a lot of the opportunity for uh, for that virus to jump over here. but but when it, but when it's coming to like the origins and stuff, I mean, it, it's so hard to even know who to trust and who to believe. But I feel like uh, that story makes the, the most sense out of out of everything that I've been hearing. Oh yeah, one more story that you wanted to touch on that I thought was interesting. You sent me a story yesterday of Rush Limbaugh saying that one he wants to do a uh, he wants to do a telephone town hall with the president on his show anytime that he wants, and two that uh, he said that Donald Trump is probably the only person who could fill his shoes. Touch on that, Jeff. Yeah, well, I, I, feel, I feel like at a certain point, um, and maybe he should do this uh, during his second term, is no more White House press conferences. Just do a daily radio show and uh, take calls from Americans. Stop taking, stop taking questions from reporters. Nice. Take calls from Americans. 
let people ask. You know, obviously you can have a screener to make sure you don't end up having a crazy person. Um, but you know, take take questions from Americans. Go directly to the people and completely bypass uh, the press. I mean, he's already done that to a certain degree with Twitter. I say just totally cut him out. I mean, you know, you're not you're not cutting him out from being able to report. You're not you're not keeping him out of like following him around and making sure that you know that they can report on stuff because it's like we still want a free press. But there's no law that requires you to have a press conference. Don't have a press conference. Have a radio show. Go. T- I, if, if I was Trump, I would totally take Rush up on that and either do like a weekly radio show, maybe even every day, whatever it might be. But I think that that would be epic, and it would really put the press in their in their place even more than he does every single day during his press conferences. You know what? Uh, I like uh, verdict with uh, Michael Knowles and Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. You could have your own hour uh, uh, weekly or daily show where it's uh, it's a call in. You take phone calls. You're able to ask the president questions, and then it goes up on a podcast. But the thing is, is that you and I both know he loves to use the media as his punching bag. Uh, so he's never going to give that up because it gives him uh, someone to beat up. I say you probably. I say in the second term, do both. Use the media as a punching bag to punch back on them, but then go straight to the source and talk to the American people and actually get you and actually uh, get your message out. I think that that would be tremendous, mm-hmm. absolutely tremendous. Yep. Well, to finish up uh, for my commentary for the day, the way it should be, uh, Nikki Lott had a great, great uh, Twitter thread, and this is copyright from her, but since we're attributing it to her, uh, we look forward to hopefully having her on the show later on. But she said, I have some questions. Does it bother anyone that people in our government are telling us that it's wise to refrain from shaking hands to avoid getting a virus, but believe that it's foolish to teach abstinence from sex to avoid sin, disease, and pregnancy outside of marriage? Does it frustrate anyone else that the government doesn't trust us to be responsible enough to leave our homes without permission, but wants us to trust them to run our lives? Does it concern anyone else that many in the government who champion being pro-choice are actively attempting to eliminate almost every choice in your life? They want to choose what purchases you make, what medical decisions you partake in, and what travel is essential for you. Does it alarm anyone else that drive-in church services are considered a public health hazard and are being stopped in various places, but drive-in liquor stores and restaurants where people actually pass things hand-to-hand that will then go hand-to-mouth are free to continue unhindered? Does it anger anyone else that abortion providers are still open as essential businesses in most states while churches are closed? Does it seem ironic to anyone else that many of the people who would have been your harshest critics if you wanted to remove your child to homeschool them before you felt public schools were unsafe have now forced you to homeschool because they feel that their public schools are unsafe? I could go on, but I won't. Please understand I'm for health and safety, but I'm also for freedom and responsibility. They need not be contradictory. 
We don't need more government restrictions. We need more personal responsibility, and therein lies much of the problem. If we do not need or want a nanny state, then we must not behave like petulant children. We cannot expect the government to feed us, clothe us, pay our medical bills, and raise our children, and then cry foul when they want to dictate every detail of our lives. Freedom requires self-governance. So, with the incredible privilege of of liberty comes individual responsibility. Based on the definitions of freedom, if we are no longer given the power, right, or opportunity to choose, then we are not free. If we are under the coercion, control, or restraint of another, we are not free. So a few final questions. How much freedom are we willing to cede? To whom? For how long? And for what purpose? Are you willing to relinquish your freedom to possibly preserve your health? If so, what if that relinquishment means losing everything else you have? If that's the case, what if the health that we hope to preserve today is at the expense of our children's freedom in the future. I just have some questions. Thoughts on that, Jeff, and then we'll end with your commentary, and then I've got one final anecdote of a funny story to share before we close out. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I feel I feel like uh, you know it, it's it's a great way to put things, and I think and I think it's important to really put things in perspective uh, because again, it, it just seems like. Uh, there's there's no logic being employed uh, w- with a lot of the response to coronavirus. You know, like it's it's okay to go have 300 people in Walmart, but it's it's horrific to have 20 people show up for church. You know, it's just it's just one of those things we got we got to have some consistency and we got to have actual general principles that we can apply all the way around. Um, what I wanted to do for my closing comments was. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier about um, you know uh, everybody's really stressed out. Uh, suicide is up. Um, it, it's a it's a serious problem. Um, at, we as Christians, we we do have the answer, and that's something that I think that we can be encouraged with. And we need to get the gospel out there, and we get to get our message out there because um, there is comfort in trusting that God is in control and His sovereignty. Uh, one thing that I wanted to close out with reading Matthew chapter twenty, Matthew chapter six, starting in verse twenty five. Mm. Uh, it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Preach. And, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Mm-hmm. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. It's easy to do that in good times. But there was no condition that Jesus gave for not being anxious. And so we as believers and we as Christians need to remember 
as crazy as times mm -hmm. are, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Let God worry about that. He's in control. He's always going to provide. Like I know for me personally, over the last several months, every single time it seems like, okay, crap, this this something's bad is happening. God always works it out. He always provides. You just got to trust him. You got to know that he is in control. You do everything you can, but don't be anxious. You do what you can. Leave the rest up to God, and I'll just leave you guys with that. Hmm. A funny anecdote, we're going to try and find a, a ray of sunshine, and that was a ray of sunshine and encouragement, Jeff, but we're going to try and find a ray of sunshine to close out our podcast from now on, because there's only so much doom and gloom we can all take. I mean, even Jeremiah needed to laugh. I mean, and he was the weeping prophet, but huh. headline from WGN in Chicago, Illinois. Indiana man waiting for $1,700 stimulus payment sees millions in his bank account. This was posted April 14th. The first wave of federal stimulus payments are, uh, are on the way to Americans, and one northwest Indiana man got quite the shock when he went to the ATM this past weekend. Charles Calvin is a volunteer firefighter in New Chicago, Indiana, and unbeknownst to him, he received his first stimulus payment from the federal government on Friday. However, it wasn't what he was expecting. I went to the ATM, Charles said, at the local Family Express. That is a convenience store in the area. I'm well aware of it because I'm from Indiana. And once I withdrew $200 out of my account, I looked at the available balance still left in my account. His account said he had $8.2 million in it. He was only supposed to receive $1,700 in a federal stimulus payment. Not believing what he was seeing, he ran his card again, printed the receipt, and it said the same thing. But on Monday morning, the day after Easter, some truths rolled away. Calvin called his bank and said they didn't see that amount in his checking account anymore. However, they did note that his $1,700 stimulus payment was deposited. Now the volunteer firefighter is left wondering if there was some sort of fluke and if taxpayers are receiving way more or way less than they should. Calvin still isn't sure if this was an error on behalf of the federal government, his bank, or the particular ATM he used. He said he's just glad he did end up with the amount he was entitled to, but closed by saying, kind of sucks. You go from being a millionaire one second, then back to being broke again the next. But hey, once you're poor, you don't have anywhere, anywhere else to go but up. That's true. You know, <laughs> he, he, he should have gone and just cleared out his bank account the second he saw that and then just take it all out in cash and tell him to fight him on it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You should have just transferred it all to your Venmo. Exactly, exactly. So, well, hey, everybody, uh, you know, a lot of news, lots, a lot of stuff going on, but it's always good to end on a positive note, good note, uh, like something like that. Always laugh, stay positive, keep trusting in God. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another roundup of the news. And, uh, hey, we'll just keep plugging away. I mean, John, this is this has been good. We're getting a lot of encouragement from a lot of people commenting. Like we've even got somebody right now that just said, uh, Jamie on Facebook said, thanks for all your information and for keeping us all up to date on things. Very thankful for your podcast and look forward to them daily. God bless and stay safe. 
perfect way, I think, awesome. to end out the podcast. Jeff, before we go, we need to let people know as we close from now on where you can find us and how you can find us on social media. We have a YouTube channel. We also have a Facebook page uh, where you can see the broadcast live, and then it's also archived where you can access it every day. The video will be up later on in the afternoon, but you can also find me on Twitter at jhinton underscore. You can find Jeff at Jeff the GK on Twitter as well. Jeff also has Facebook. Uh, you can find us under the GK Podcast Network on iTunes. You can also find it on SoundCloud. Anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find us. So spread the knowledge, spread the word. I'll let you promote the Facebook page and the YouTube page and where those are as well, Jeff. But uh, follow us, give us a follow, a like, a share. And if you like what we're doing, go to iTunes or Stitcher uh, and leave a five-star review. Because the more five-star reviews, that it doesn't matter how little it is. It, it, it causes the algorithms to then promote those podcasts and that network even more. So give us a five-star review and a like for this show and other things on the network, and we're going to continue to expand and grow. And Jeff, uh, you can close it out. Yeah, definitely. And if you guys go to either uh, YouTube.com slash the GK online or Facebook.com slash the GK online, like, subscribe, follow all the good stuff, uh, you know, leave comments. It, that always helps too. It's always fun to kind of see your response, your thoughts on uh on either on any of our videos and that sort of thing um and uh but yeah if you guys go to gatekeepersonline.com we post all of our podcasts we've got like something like 10 shows i think now on on the network and we're constantly growing um and talks with somebody else a pretty prominent uh theological guide to to host a show uh here on the gk podcast network as well somebody that the majority of you guys are going to know who it is um we're gonna be announcing that here quite soon as well but yeah got a lot of plans a lot of things we're working on uh if you guys uh final thing resources go to go to gatekeepersonline.com slash store we've got our book social injustice um which which is our book totally covering a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with breaks it breaks the issue of social justice down compares it with scripture compares it with the bible tells you what is actually true um and then also pastor sam jones new book coming out this summer five steps to kill a nation and how to stop the bleeding uh, again dealing with all the stuff that we're talking about talking about the moral decline how to actually fix the problem that we're seeing in the downfall of our country right now so you guys can go check that out you guys can either use the code john use the code jeff get 10 percent off of uh, any resources there in in the store and um and yeah so we're just trying to provide whatever resources we can for you guys and we're just going to kind of keep plugging away and uh, putting out as much good content as we possibly can so yeah john today was fun went through a lot of stuff we will be back uh tomorrow 9 a.m sharp and uh yeah we shall see you guys all day